It's time for Law and Disorder with Pine County Attorney Reese Fredrickson. It's all right here on the Q Media On Demand podcast. What's up, man? How's it going today? <laughs> Golden or whatever. Yeah, you go. <laughs> that's, that's I, I, it's like I said, it's, it's Tuesday. I'm already mailing it in. I gave full effort on Monday. I might as well just kind of just just let it go, right? Right. Yeah, that's that's why I have Mondays. Just you give it all and then um, yeah, it just kind of ride that nice wave through the rest of the week. Is there a specific day you have most of your court cases like out of the week or no, it doesn't. It just completely is random. No, it's um, sometimes it feels random, but for the most part, we have calendars almost every day. It, it feels like Tuesdays and Wednesdays are probably our heaviest court dates because mm-hmm. one of them involves you know misdemeanors, gross misdemeanors, which are, are you know common. A lot of people get those, and then um, it just always seems like Tuesdays has been historically kind of the a, a big court date for us. So, is Tuesday your least favorite day then, or your most favorite day? I don't mind Tuesdays. I don't have a negative feeling about it. Um, yeah, I, I think, and I actually I enjoy the kind of courtroom action part of it. I, I don't get to spend as much time in the courtroom as I, I used to be in kind of in a management leadership position, but uh, it's always been a good day for me, at least. I can believe that, my friend. Uh, what did you come in to talk about today? So I thought I'd talk about uh, a drug case and then what kind of happens subsequently. So... This case, we're going back to uh, September 30th of 2019, so a little over two years ago. And this gentleman's name is Jesse John Jacobson, 35 years old. He's originally from Iron, Minnesota. And uh, his. I'd commit crimes too if I was from Iron, Minnesota, if I'm being honest. That's like the Iron Range, isn't it? You know, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I I think think I've been through there. I, I think it's one of those places, if you blink, you'll miss it. Um, but yeah, I probably agree. It's, you know, there's only so much you can do with the, the, the mine pits there, but yeah, it does not look like fun. Okay. Go on. Sorry to interrupt. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's a big map with a lot of nothing on it and and a red dot. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he's from iron Minnesota, made his way down South here to pine County for some reason, four prior, excuse me, five prior felony convictions Four of those are felony drug crimes and one involves weapons crime. So he's, he's been around for the block a time or two on this. We, on that day, 30, September 30th, 2019, it's 11, 10 a.m., a sheriff's office responds to a report of a male in the parking lot of a business in Hinkley. And uh, the report is that it looks like there's drugs in the car and that this uh, person has passed out. Unfortunately, not an uncommon call that we get here. So law enforcement shows up to this uh, business. They find him slumped down inside the driver's seat of the video. Uh, we call those slumper cases, usually when they're passed out behind the wheel. Vehicle still running, and plain view on, on his lap are uh, two baggies. One contains a bunch of methamphetamine, and one contains a bunch of pills. Um, so, deputy asks uh, him to roll his window down, and he tried uh, actually pushing the bags between his legs while the deputy's talking to him right in front of him. Not the most stealthy individual. Uh, tried rolling down the back window instead of the front window, and then try, kept reaching for the gear shift. Eventually, they coax him out of the car. They searched the car because once you see drugs in a car, you're allowed under mm-hmm. law to search it. And they located a handgun in the car. So, again, convicted felon, not to be in possession of a handgun. On his lap, they had found the 8.5 grams of methamphetamine. And then when they further searched the car in the driver's door, they found 117 grams of methamphetamine, which is basically a drug dealer amount. 
He eventually pled guilty to that crime because of his priors. We gave him, uh, or the judge at least gave him the top of the box sentences, which we or argued for. There's usually a sentencing range. He got the topmost, which was, um, which I believe was 138 months. So that's a lot. What what did it end up being? Was it the gun charge that ended up being the one that's like higher that you went off of, or because I'm assuming felon in possession of a gun is the more serious out of all of those, is it not? You know, typically, technically, it it is the more serious one. Um, the only thing with and most of the time, that's the one that we use for leverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but felon in possession of a firearm is mandatory minimum 60 months, so five years. In this case, because of all his priors and because this was a high level of drugs, the drug crime actually gave him more oh, okay. months. So gotcha. we went after the drug crime, and even if we got the weapons charge, it would have been concurrent, so it would have mattered mm-hmm. if we had him at the same gotcha. time anyways. So 138 months, which is a good deal. Um, we got a drug dealer off the streets for, for a little while. So, I mean, that's over 10 years, isn't that? It is, Rough yeah. My quick math, that's that's a while, yeah. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. some great math. <laughs> so, <laughs> Princeton, yeah. Really? Big time, yeah. Well, I was a part of the math club. I actually was a math major in college to start off. Um, I obviously didn't go that way, but, uh, you know, no big deal. Just yeah. smart, smart math person I am. You know, I actually did have a, I have a, I have a math major. So yeah, really, I can tell it's really, really been working out for you. Back yeah. when I was doing math, they weren't gonna, <laughs> iPhones weren't as big of a deal. So now that everybody's got an iPhone, I mean, now we got the internet, we can look up pretty much anything. What do we need math for? Yeah, don't tell a, your kids that though. No, no, yeah. I'm, I'm trying Keep, to stay in school, kids. Stay in school. Yeah. Math is good. So, um, yeah. So a lot of these cases. Um, you know, you get a plea deal. One of the reasons you get a plea deal is you want you get to you avoid a lot of uh, the risk of trial. Mm-hmm. You avoid, of course, um, a risk of appeal. But I see this once in a while where somebody pleads guilty, gets sentenced, and then they get to prison, and they're probably sitting in their cell, and they have buyer's remorse all of a sudden because prison's not a fun place. And that's what he did. He got to prison, and he decided he wanted to appeal his case, even though he agreed to plead guilty he agreed to the sentence um unfortunately for a small office like mine it just places extra burden on us um because you know real jurisdiction you're required to pretty much know everything and uh if you go say the twin cities one of the bigger jurisdictions they have lawyers their own lawyers they have appellate attorneys that all they do are appeals and they have lawyers who are just trial lawyers and maybe they work on violent crimes only or property crimes only here we got we've got to do the whole gamut and so the prosecutor, the trial attorney that worked on this case, had to actually do the appeal too. And that process, uh, he was sentenced in twenty October twenty twenty. Uh, that's a very work intensive process as well, and it's been over a year. And as of yesterday, we got the decision. Um, actually, yesterday at ten a.m., saying that we won our case. So. He basically, uh, he went to the appeals court and said, well, I mean, I should get a reduced sentence because 2014 I had a drug crime um, and that crime counted against me for one and a half points. And the points is how we determine where they sit on the sentencing grid. Mm -hmm. But the law on the drugs changed in 2016, whereas his 2014 conviction would have been a lesser crime in 2016. Gotcha. And so he's saying, well, instead of one and a half points, I should get lesser points based on the 2016 numbers I have no case law to support my proposition, but I just feel that that would be the right thing to do. Hey, if you don't argue for it, you you definitely won't get it. So, I mean, 
I don't blame them. Right. You know, there's an old uh, uh, legal maxim that is if the law is against you, you argue the facts. And if the facts are against you, you argue the law. So in this case, he argued the facts because there's no law that supported mm-hmm. where he was coming from. And, of course, we had that lengthy process, and then the Court of Appeals yesterday issued a decision and said, no, no, the state of Minnesota's right, Pine County's right, You, they got the right uh, points on you, even though the law changed, you still go back to what it was that you were convicted with originally. Mm-hmm. So, um, kind of, you know, like I said, lengthy process, and we've got to be experts at even appellate law, which has its own kind of nuances and, and uh, differences, but we were successful, and uh, our... Our case was vindicated, so we'll uh, we'll take the win on that. Well, great job. Uh, yeah, I guess until you told me that right now, I didn't know you guys uh, dealt with the appellate courts. So interesting. Yeah, well, thank you. Fun fact to learn. Anything else for today, Reese? No, no, that was uh, and and I appreciate the end of your sentence there because that was a very supportive voice. I, I felt. Oh, you, I like, felt, you felt that? I felt supported felt there. Well. <laughs> well, I challenge you to do better. Is all I can say. Okay, well that erased it. <laughs> <laughs> Reese, thanks for stopping on by, my friend. And we'll my talk pleasure. to you next month. Thank you. You have been listening to a Q Media Group production.